All right, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about the worst weight loss plan that exists is the one that you hate doing. It's that simple. If you hate doing the weight loss plan that you're following, stop because you're not gonna stick with it. And the only thing worse than not losing weight is losing weight and then putting it all back on again. So I beg you from the bottom of my heart, if you hate the weight loss plan that you're trying to follow, please stop doing it because it has zero chance really probably of ever even getting the results you want and then it has zero chance of you sticking with it. So the alternative is that we look for plans that resonate with us and this is such a unique idea with weight loss because we're so, we've given up all our power when it comes to losing weight and we just want someone to tell us what to do. But what you're hearing consistently to do are things that cause fast weight loss, sure, but they're extreme and unsustainable. And so where you find yourself now is that you think about weight loss all the time, but you can't get yourself to start doing anything. And a lot of that is probably because you don't want to do the plan because you hate it. You don't want to do keto. You don't want to do Weight Watchers. You don't want to do intermittent fasting. And you're now in this point where you don't want to do any of the things. And so the cure to this is to really start focusing on how can I get myself to comfortably and easily lose weight? And you start to slowly and systematically develop strategies that resonate with you that work for you and you start to develop a whole matrix and system of how to master your weight. It's the same way you approach and succeed with anything in your life. You can't just do it all at once. You gotta have a bit more patience with it. But again, the main thing, the main criteria we're looking for, we're shifting from what's gonna help me lose weight the fastest to what's gonna help me lose weight the longest. And what's gonna help you lose weight the longest is the plan that really fits you like a glove the plan that is comfortable, that's relatively easy for you to follow. Now, again, you know, it doesn't have to be, any change is difficult, okay? But again, there's relative levels to it. It's a lot harder to cut half your calories out or to completely cut carbs out starting tomorrow or to stop eating for 16 hours. Those are way harder things to do than to work on your worst eating habit to start to optimize your breakfast, to start to eat the, another piece of fruit a day. These are simple things that we do that we start to develop and weave together a firm foundation under us so for that the first time in your life you can experience weight loss in a way that feels sustainable, that feels good from the moment you start it till the time you reach your ultimate goal. And if you reorient yourself this way, you're gonna set yourself up for much better results um, that you're going to get and that ultimately you're going to be able to sustain. So I hope you take this to heart and, and I wish you the best with it. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Um, some issues with, oh, good Lord. Good Lord. Lordy Lord. Um, well, I won't be getting any, if, if you're on YouTube I, or anything other than TikTok, I will not see your questions. <laughs> I'm going to throw my computer out the window. Uh, so everyone's having a good day. Yeah, Friday. Happy Friday to you, Jody. I know. I, I love Fridays. I always love Fridays. I feel like every week I say this week's especially. <laughs> What's up, Karen? Um, but this is especially this week here. It's been an okay week, but I will tell you, um, the technology piece has been a little frustrating. <laughs> Honest feedback on utilizing ZepBound with healthy eating exercises. I don't know what ZepBound is. Let's look that one up. ZepBound. Um, 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 okay, it's an injection. All right. Oh, okay. So this is like, uh, what's, I wonder what's different about it. I, I, I'm just kind of giving a quick, th so I don't know. Is, is it, it's like Ozempic, Manjaro, all those, um, honest feedback. My, I mean, my, my honest feedback is, 
I, I'm here to support everyone. I, I don't want to be negative about things. So I will just, I'll be honest. You ask me to be honest, I'll be honest. I think the medications are, uh, I don't think they solve the problem. There we go. I think they may help you lose weight, but the problem still exists that you don't know how to deal with the food noise genuinely. I've been focusing on food noise for 30 years personally, 20 years professionally. This is what I help people do. What is food noise? Food noise is how you think about food. It's how you think about yourself. It's how you think about your health. It's your mindset. And we live in a world where we're constantly, constantly being hypnotized, conditioned, uh, encouraged, uh, persuaded, advertised to eat more and more and more food. And so, I mean, think about, you You know, it's estimated, I'm, geez, it was years ago, it was like 3,000 ads a day you'd see, and now it's up to 10,000. And a majority of those are food ads. So you wonder why we have food noise, you know, in addition to the fact that these foods are hyper palatable, hyper addictive and all the rest of it. So th there's no question that for some people, the medicine will help quiet that food noise and help you lose weight. But the problem becomes that it's a Band-Aid on a problem. It's not a solution to it. And so people say, well, I just want to lose the weight. And you got to, if you have other, other issues at hand, if you're obese, you know, maybe it makes more sense. If you're type two diabetic and you're taking for the, the insulin effects, maybe that makes sense. But if you're just trying to lose weight, I just feel like until you try a mindset approach, you haven't tried everything. And have you ever tried dealing with your mindset? You know, and this is what I find a lot of people haven't because there's not a lot of mindset programs out there. So I, I think that what happened, I will tell you now, again, I, I work with a certain type of person. I work with people that are very much overthinkers. They're usually perfectionists. They're generally successful professionally or personally, you know, in, in some capacity in their lives. These are the people I work with. And I have worked with people that have been in the program. They've gone through my program while they're on these medications. And so again, they, they recognize that this is kind of a Band-Aid situation and they want to, while they're using it, also work on fixing their mindset. I think that makes sense. You know, that's an, that's an approach I can, I can understand. Because if you just take the medicine, the people that I work with, they don't, they feel like, it doesn't feel like calming and, it doesn't give you everything you want that, that you might be thinking you actually want. Um, because what you want is not just to lose weight. What you want to do is really get, the, the people I work with and myself, we want to get control over our mind. We want to develop ourselves into the person who can make the right food choices consistently, easily, effortlessly to live at our goal weight. We want to create a lifestyle that supports all that. We want to have the mindset that supports all those things. And so it's a, it's a more comprehensive goal than just weight loss. So... But I wish you the best with it, right? if that's what the path you decide to go down. Um, no French toast today. All right, Astrid. Nice. What, what did you do instead? What did you eat instead of the French toast? I love that too. Now, Astrid, the Astrid's in the program. So we, we talk about, you might miss a little bit of this context, but one of the interesting things that can happen is with Program Yourself, then we're not judging things. And it's a, it's a slow strategic approach to mastery of your weight. And so we don't have to do like these wild sweeping changes to your diet and to your lifestyle all at once, like most diets do. And so what we tend to do is, again, we always say like awareness precedes change. So Astrid become aware of her food and she's approved, improved other, she improved her breakfast, improved her dinner, improved after dinner, and now there was lunch. And notice we didn't talk about, hey, stop doing that. We just, we explored it. 
And a lot of times, it's very strange, but a lot of times when we explore something without judgment, without saying we have to stop it, a lot of times exploring it leads to naturally letting it go. So that's awesome, Astrid. I'm really, I'm really excited. I can't wait to hear um, what you did instead. Uh, John, crushing the 11A Apple. Yep, yep, exactly. And, and again, John's in the program as well. And so it's a strategy. You know what I mean? Talk about, I will tell you, in my opinion, the, the main thing missing from a dieter's weight loss plan is strategy. You're confusing tactics with strategy. A tactic, every diet is basically one tactic. They build, they're all built around one tactic because all modern diets are, they know they're appealing to people that are overwhelmed and exhausted and frustrated with the weight. So they have to make their plan seem as simple and easy as possible. So every diet is one thing. Just stop eating carbs. Just stop eating for 16 hours. Just count your points. Just eat 1,200 calories. Just stop eating sugar. I mean, it just goes on and on. And so it's just always this one thing, and then you're supposed to magically be able to follow it. you know. But A, it's way more than one thing. Because again, the, the flip side of um, just stop eating carbs is completely change how you eat. Do you know what I mean? That's the flip side of all of those. And so there's a lot more to it, A. And B, the big missing piece of your puzzle is that you never learn the mindset piece of how do I get myself to do it? Knowing what to do and being able to get yourself to do it are two two totally different things. And you never get to learn how to get yourself to do it. And the way you get yourself to do it is to focus on the mindset, but then it's being strategic. It's not just, you're trying to overwhelm yourself too quick. I mean, shit, isn't... It's, 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 we're so surrounded by it that you can't even see it. But it's like, tell me, I don't even know you, but tell me this doesn't describe your weight loss attempts, regardless of what a tactic you decide to use. You start on Sunday. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to do it. Monday comes and you jump 100% into whatever your plan is. No carbs, 16 hours, 1,200 calories, whatever it is. You jump right into it 100%, trying to change everything all at once. You're already depleted and tired and exhausted and feeling like shit. That's why you're doing this crazy plan. And so the first day you do it, you start to feel overwhelmed, but you're excited and motivated. Oh, I'm going to, this is, I'm going to do it. Second day comes and it's like, you got half the motivation, excitement. Why? Because you're way overwhelming yourself. I always use the example. It's like, if I wanted to learn to play the piano, I've never played before and I want to play it. I'm really focused and motivated. I want to learn to play fast. So I'm going to play 10 hours a day. Well, technically it sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Smart idea. Jim, you're going to get really good quick. Am I? Because <laughs> if I'm able to get through the first day and I wake up the second day, my fingers are all cramped up. I hate the fucking piano now. And it's like, I don't want anything to do with it. And that's what you keep consistently doing with your diet. You overwhelm yourself and you now are at the point where you hate the idea of even losing weight. So you've gotten yourself to the point, ironically, that you're all mixed up. You think about losing weight all the time, but subconsciously you associate weight loss to pain, to overwhelm, to depression, to boredom, to misery. Do you wonder why you're not losing weight? So, you know what I mean? Like, like, again, when you take a step back and look at the full picture, it's plain as day and obvious, but you never, ever, never, never get this this story, this version of things, because you're zoomed into diets. Oh, what do I do now? What do I do now? Oh, now I got to stop eating carbs. Oh, shit, I can drink wine. No, I can't drink wine. Oh, I can eat vegetables. Nope, you can't eat vegetables. I can harvest. It's like you're just, you're spun around. You don't even know where, you don't even know what's, what's up, what's down. <laughs> you're just lost, you know? And that's why you can't get any traction with anything. You know, so if, if, if you are feeling that way and you want traction, I would suggest go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session and watch the training um, that I give you. Um, Concot today, please support equality. What's Concot? Let me look that up. I always love doing these. I got to learn a lot of new stuff. Let's see what Concot is. Concot. 
I don't know what that means. So uh, nothing's coming up for that. So I don't know what that means. Um, fighting our inner self, the talk in our head. Yeah, Deanna, that that's the whole game, and and that's what you guys are all doing. Is uh, you're every time you try to lose weight or change your behavior, and this is your core problem. The problem is that you don't know what to do in a technical sense. Um, the problem is you don't know how to get yourself to do it, and that's because you don't know how to influence your thinking. You don't know how to influence the talk in your head. That talk in your head is probably the most important thing impacting your weight. That's called, we call it your internal dialogue. You're constantly talking to yourself. And what you're saying is causing you to overeat, live an unhealthy lifestyle, and struggle with the weight. And so, again, what most people do is they have this perception that they have to fight against themselves. That's what your diets feel like. It feels like you're fighting against yourself. Well, if you're fighting against yourself, I don't think you're ever going to get the results you want to get. You can't fight against yourself. Because first of all, what you're doing is you're consciously fighting against your subconscious mind. And you're a subconscious creature. You're, you're conscious, your conscious willpower, the part of you that's logical, rational, can plan things out, can strategize, meal plan, and willpower, try to get yourself to do it, is 10% of your brain. It's your prefrontal cortex. It's the newest part of your brain. The rest of your brain... The part of you that handles all of your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, that's all subconscious. And so you think you're going to micromanage every food decision you make starting tomorrow? You're not. <laughs> you're not going to. And and again, and then on top of that's the talk in your head, which is extremely negative, and you've been programmed to be overweight by the food companies and the diets, because the diets and the food companies are one and the same. We all know this, right? You've all been here enough to know that, that Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz, Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products was owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast owned by the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. So I don't think these companies want you to lose weight and stop eating their products. I think they like pumping your head full of bullshit that gets you to keep on eating just as much as you always have. But that's just me. But yeah, we got to figure out how to how to work with the talk in our head, how to this is this is program yourself then is my program. That's what we're talking about. The programming is learning how to speak to yourself differently, how to think differently. That's what I believe is going to give you the results you're looking for. You know, um, yogurt instead. Great job, Astrid. Thanks for making me laugh. <laughs> you're welcome. So it's like, um, you know, it, it's always. Did I just do this? I think I just made a video. I, I made a bunch of videos just before this. I'm forgetting what I said in the videos and what I say on the lives. I do these every day, by the way, folks. Okay. I want you all to know that. Um, it's, uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, I'm here for you. I, I now I'm going to vent a little bit. I, it doesn't really bother me. Oh, there's a thing. We all have a cognitive bias called, we have a bunch of them, which you should learn. You should learn your cognitive biases. Okay, you have co you have ways of thinking that are screwing you up, that are as ingrained in you as you have two arms and two legs. Do you, do you know what I mean? You literally have wiring that's developed over thousands, millions of years evolutionarily that we have to deal with. One of them is the negativity bias, and so we this affects weight loss because I'm not even going to vent anymore. I let it go, but I'm going to talk about the negativity bias because you got to recognize this. It's in, it's instinctual. Right. Again, evolutionarily, it was more important to remember where the lion was than where the beautiful flower was. You see, so we're wired to be more aware of negative things than positive things. And this shows up in all areas of life, shows up for me with stupid comments on videos I make. Right. I could get a thousand good comments, one negative one. And that's all I'm thinking about, you know. But when it shows up in weight loss is you could have a week where you ate great 
and we're making changes in your lifestyle and everything else. And then one night you ate some cookies. And now all of a sudden the cookies erase the six days of great changes you made. You know, so that is a huge thing you need to recognize and strategize about. See, the thing with cognitive biases is you can't, I can't tell you, oh, you got a negativity bias. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to change that. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to change it. You have as much chance of changing the negativity bias as you do changing the number of arms you got. Like, like it, ain't, it ain't changing. And so with the cognitive biases, when you understand them, you start to realize, um, you, you start to create strategies to deal with them. You know, so now I know I have a negativity bias. I can't change it, but I'm aware of it. And so when I start feeling negative or caught up on some dumb shit, I remind myself that's just you focusing and shining a spotlight on that. That's not really accurate. And I go meta and kind of take a step back and get a better perspective. Um, but we all need to do that because otherwise, have you not experienced this, folks, where, where you're doing well with things and all of a sudden something kind of negative happens and it gets thrown off track? You know, um, thank you for that. So we program... Reprogram through awareness. Got it. Yeah, Angela, that's the first step is awareness. See, we are unaware by nature because we are subconscious, unaware creatures. Most of our behaviors, most of our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are running on autopilot because of how we've been programmed in our lives. But there's also, again, there's a, the cognitive biases are evolutionary programming. Okay. Genetic programming, you're born, nature, nurture, right? So the, the nature, we're built with these cognitive biases that the food companies exploit to get us addicted to their foods. And then the diet companies exploit to sell us their shitty diets. So another one of those is called future discounting. And so this again is evolutionarily future discounting is we discount the future. The, the future is not as important to us as now. So if I say, I'll give you a hundred bucks now or 200 bucks two years from now, most people take the hundred bucks now, okay? And so how this shows up in weight loss is that the diet companies are always fixating you on short-term weight loss. Every diet ad you've seen is the before and after picture, how long it took to get there. And so now you subconsciously, you already were born with discounting the future, appreciating now more. And now the diet companies have glommed onto that. And now you can't think about weight loss in a long-term way. You don't even have a concept of it. You think about weight loss as I just want to get to my goal weight as if that were the finish line. Even though, even though you have gotten to your goal weight or close to it a number of times, and then you put the weight back on. And yet you still think that getting to the goal weight is the goal. It is not. It is living at your goal weight. Do you understand that distinction, right? The weight loss is just a phase. It'll take a couple weeks, couple months, couple years, depending. And once you get there, then you wanna live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. That's what you want, but that's not how you're thinking about it. And that's a big problem you have because if you think in a short-term time frame, then the only thing that matters is how fast I'm losing the weight. And the only way to lose weight fast is to do extreme things. And all extreme things are unsustainable. So yeah, you might be able to keto your way to your goal weight and then you can't stick with it. Or more accurately, you don't wanna fucking stick with it. How about that? You don't wanna stick with your keto plan, you know? Yeah, Angela says that's the real test, sustainability. That is the real test, but if that's the real test ultimately, then why don't we start with that focus at the beginning? Do you know what I mean? Like, like I will tell you, I always say this, but the, the easiest way to trigger a dieter who's losing some weight actively is to say, what are you gonna do when you get to your goal weight? They get very upset. And I know why, it's because 
they, they'll always say, ah, I don't want to think about that now. I'll figure it out when I get there. Will you? Have you? You know what I mean? So the sustainability needs to start on day one. This is why, again, program yourself then. We follow the weight mastery pyramid, right? It's three steps in order of importance. Mindset, lifestyle, eating. And the mindset piece has six categories in it that I take you. And again, I don't think you'll find this mindset breakdown anywhere. You know, even the queen of mindset, Carol Dweck, um, the, the um, let me blank on this, fixed and growth mindset lady. I love her. I think it's great stuff. I don't know how practical it is. Yeah, it's great. Well, yeah, well, I'll be a growth mindset. Great. You're not gonna be growth mindset with everything anyways. But anyways, so we break it down into six categories, right? And it is motivation. Do you know how to motivate yourself? Self-image. Do you know who you want to be? Your identity. Um, habits. Do you know how to strategically change your habits the way you want them to go? Emotions. Do you know how to feel the emotions you want, deal the shitty emotions you don't want to feel without food? Um, thinking. Do you know the nuts and bolts, how to think like a thin, healthy person? And then again, the key one, maintenance. Do you know how to maintain? Never mind maintaining when you get to your goal weight. How dare you? <laughs> you need to maintain from day one to day two, week one to week two. And you have no strategies for that. You know, so that's the mindset I'm talking about. So, of course, we want to start with sustainability right from the beginning. Because at this point, that's one of the core reasons why you're apathetic. This is why you can't get yourself motivated to lose weight at this point. Because you now have lost weight and gained it back enough times that you now say, what is the fucking point? Why even go through that? We fail anyways. And so the only chance you have of really getting the results you want is you've got to start on a different path. You've got to get off the weight loss path, get on the weight mastery path, because that's what you want. And you know you got weird shit going on inside of you because if I say, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? Right? You say forever. So okay. How long do you want to diet for? Oh, God. See? <laughs> so you're... you're, you're you're compete. You're just. You're conflicted. You're. You're just not gonna. It's not gonna work. So we gotta get on the weight mastery path, so that because you say because you think long term weight loss. Oh God, I don't. Want, I don't want to do keto forever, right? You don't have to do keto, and I would suggest you create a way of losing weight that's easy and sustainable for you right from the beginning, because the goal is not to lose weight; it's to live at your goal weight. There's a complete paradigm shift, and again, it's a completely different process. So. Um, but yeah, awareness is the first step to reprogramming ourselves because you're not aware of what's going on. So once you're aware of it, then we get to work on fixing it. But the first step is you need to become aware of it. Again, program yourself then. The core technique we use is called the program yourself then technique. It's the redo rehearsal technique. And there's a lot of reasons we use it. But one of the big ones is you're developing awareness because I'm promising you, you're not aware of what you're doing. Most of your behaviors are on autopilot. Do you not believe this? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, I promise you they are. Um, resident says, I want more immediate results or I'll go back to my bad habits. What should I do? Um, that's fine. You can want immediate results, but they can't be immediate weight loss results. If you're going, if the only thing that's going to motivate you to keep going is instant weight loss results, then you should just leave. Don't listen to me because, <laughs> because I'm not the guy for you. Um, go listen to some person who's, I don't know, that's doing crazy shit because weight loss is extremely unpredictable and uncertain in the short term. Um, you could do all the right things for a week and not lose any weight. And so if the only thing that matters is weight loss um, in the short term, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Now, you can want immediate results. I agree. We need immediate results. The immediate results, though, that you can get are the mental and emotional and some physical benefits right away. And I will give you an example. I don't think she's here, but Paula's in the program. And one of the big things she's working on right now is not eating at night. And so she's, I don't know, seven, 10 days into it. 
And I said, how do you feel from not eating at night? She goes, I go to bed feeling absolutely elated. I can't believe that I've done this for 10 days. It's amazing. You see, so, so it's not about the weight loss at this point. It's about the behavior. And so, you know, the more you can get fixated on the behavior, the easier time you're going to have. Okay, so resonance, look for the instant results, but the instant results are not the weight loss results. So the weight loss results, it just takes time. And the only way to very, very, very guaranteed to lose weight quickly is to do very extreme things that are unsustainable. So you got to look at it that way and then make whatever decision you want, but you got to look at it in full context. Okay. And so again, I want more, everyone wants immediate results, but I'm assuming you're not a child and you can't get immediate results doing sustainable things. Sorry. I mean, tough shit. What do you want? You know what I mean? We, we live in a cause effect world. We live in a physical reality. So again, the diet industry is conditioning you to think like little babies that have no patience. And I just want my, I want it now. I've been eating like shit for 10 years and I want to lose the weight to start this month. Hey, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But you got to start, you got to grow up and start to look at this as an adult. <laughs> I'm just, I'm kicking it straight. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I'm not going to jerk you around and say there's some, there is a way to lose weight instantly. Just start water fasting and let me know how it goes next week. Let me know where you're at next month. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, again, the diet industry is always preying on this way of thinking and they're jerking you around because they know you're impatient. They know you want instant results. So they're always telling you bullshit. Yes, you can lose weight quickly, but it doesn't last. This is why you're stuck in a fucking hamster wheel and never getting anywhere. Again, if you all want to, write down how long you've been trying to lose weight for. And you know what we'll see? 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Because when we get trapped in the impatience cycle, we never get anywhere. You know? So again, I'm not trying to be an asshole here. But I, again, my uh, the, the beauty of my life is that I I have a business model where I'm able to support myself very well um, and I can do this for free. And the, the freedom I get from doing it for free is that I can say the truth as I see it. You don't have to agree with me, but I don't have to pull any punches and I'm not trying to sell you shit. Yes, I have a program. You can work directly with me, but um, I don't give a shit. <laughs> if you want to join it, I'd love to have you. And if you don't, great. I still want to help you, um, but I'm not going to bullshit you because I think the, the weight loss industry is just overwhelmingly all bullshit, in my opinion, You know, which is why I think most people are, are struggling with it. Um, so what you should do is you should focus more on how you feel mentally and emotionally and things that make you feel good and being strategic with your what you're going to do so you get long-term results, which is what you truly want. Um, Kelly says, I would cheat when I stalled. Last week I stalled and I stayed focused and pushed through it. Yeah, Kelly, great job. And that's how you get the results you want. You know, we've got to be resilient. And again, you know, we, we always talk about Every, most people dieters are all or nothing in their thinking and their approach. Program yourself then we're all or something. And it is the something times that are going to get you the results you want. You can't be all all the time. And so you need to have a backup plan for when you can't be perfect. And that's the something model. And then what happens when you're all or something? And when you're all or something, doing something, you keep improving. And then sometimes you're all and then you improve some more. And then you go back to something, you keep improving. This is how you get the results. When you do all or nothing, I do everything perfect for a week and then I do absolutely nothing. And then months go by. I do everything perfect for a week and then I do nothing. It's that cycle. You got to get the all or something. So Kelly, that's a big deal. Great job. Um, user 569, how to deal with family friends that judge the new you because your ha priorities habit shifted. I'm really glad you said this and I, I keep meaning to make a video about it. I keep forgetting to write it down. Let me just write this down real quick. Um... And I think this brings up an extremely important point. And, and it's the bigger picture is that if you're wondering why you haven't lost weight, 
um, it's not because you don't know what to do so much. It's because of these subtle little factors, these subtle little things that are going on. And um, the subtle little things going on are things like that, you know, things we don't really think about because we're so busy assuming just, you know, oh, of course I want to lose weight. No, you may not. There, there's all these other little subtle factors, exactly like what you said. Um, when you, when you um, start eating healthier, when you start living healthier, it's dramatically going to impact the relationships that are closest to you in your life. Okay? So we've got to take that into account. And a lot of people know that subconsciously. And so they, that's just another reason they don't want to be healthier because they don't want to hurt the relationship. I'll give you an example I had. I remember years ago, I worked with um, this man. He, he was obese and we would talk about his worst eating habit. He goes, I, I'll sit down at the end of the day with my wife and we'll plow through a whole thing of Oreo cookies. And so you say, okay, we'll stop doing it. But if he stops doing it, he also stops spending that time and that connection and rapport with his wife. So again, we got to look for the, thanks Don. Um, we got to look for the deeper reasons for why we may not want to do something, you know? So I, I like that question, user five, six, nine, that question, that's the type of thing that's going to get the results you want. Now, the answer to that is how do you deal with family and friends that judge the new you? I can hear you there. Okay. I remember when I started changing, I had a family member, they were going like, what are you starting a cult? What are you a health nut now? You, you know? And I used to always get negative. It was always negative always because I started eating healthier and it was not supported. Even though my dad died of a heart attack and now I'm losing weight and becoming healthier, it was not supported. Now I can now have the, the appreciation, understand this is weird because you're doing all this work to change. But on top of that, you also have to take other people's emotions into account. That's a better way for you. You'll get better results that way. When we, when we start to change our eating and, our, and we start losing weight and getting healthier, to some degree, it's like we're holding a mirror up to all the people that are closest to us. You know, that's how you should think about it. And you may not mean to do it, but all of a sudden when, when you're close to someone, they see you start making those changes, they start reflecting on their situation. And a lot of times it makes them uncomfortable. And sometimes the easiest way to kind of go back to normal is to somehow kind of sabotage and get you back to normal. So that's a real thing. How do you deal with it? I think that the, the answer I always give, and there's a lot of ways, but I'll give you the big one. I think the big one is you have got to really stay focused on your motivation. You have to, again, motivation is something you have to, you, you have to like um, nurture it. You know what I mean? It's like a garden. You have to tend to it. Um, you can't just start your plan. Oh, I'm motivated. No, no, no. You've got to keep on, again, just like a, like a garden, you got to tend to your motivation. Um, things that motivate you in the beginning, stop motivating. You have to find new motivations. Okay. So again, that's why I program yourself then in the mindset piece, motivation is the first thing. Your motivation is the engine driving the car. So the more time you put into being motivated, the easier the rest of the process becomes. But that's what I'll say for you is that um, if you're motivated enough, you'll you'll figure out the answers to that, okay? Um, yeah, Ezra says, I don't care. And that, if that works for you, that's cool. And so again, you gotta figure out, I, I, I don't wanna go too deep into it right now, but, but again, let's just stick with motivation for now. Um, I've been doing keto for five years. I'm down 100 pounds and keeping it off. I'm used to this lifestyle. Great job, Sharon. Um, you're an outlier though. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So I'm, I'm proud of you. Great job. But what, what we all have to understand here, folks, with the weight loss is that diets are all built on outliers. Okay. So Sharon here is killing it on a keto plan. Five years, down a hundred pounds, keeping it off. Five years is amazing. Anyone that gets past two years in my book of keeping the weight off, I'm very, I'm very interested in. I'm very proud of that because 
I know that you're not just forcing yourself to follow a keto plan. Like you said, I'm used to this lifestyle. What used to it means is that you now have shifted your mindset, okay? So keto works for you, great. What I'm trying to say is that the big mistake I see a lot of people making with weight loss is they'll be like, oh, I lost 100 pounds. Oh my God, tell me what you did. You know what I mean? And it's like, just because it worked for Sharon doesn't mean it's gonna work for you. This is why I don't really talk about what I eat because who gives a shit what I eat? I'm me. I like certain foods different than what you like. I live a different lifestyle different than you. And I think a lot of your weight loss problems are you trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. You're trying to force yourself to follow some plan that you think is going to work. Keto's at the top of the list. Keto is unquestionably ineffective for a majority of people. Okay. And so there's no question about that. It's got a, it's a, it's a 90% failure rate over time with keto because it's extreme. People don't want to live that way. Most people. There's always outliers though. You don't want to base your what you're doing on outliers, okay? I was just thinking about this. I, there's a guy, I don't know if you know him, Dave Goggins. I don't really even know him. He seems like a nice guy, but he's like, come on, come on, we'll push yourself. And he's like, that, that guy, right? And it's like, I can appreciate that. <laughs> That's cool. You know, like Tony Robbins was a huge hero of mine. I love Tony Robbins, but it's like, I recognize, I, I'm not ambitious like that guy. I, I, I like to think... <laughs> Tony Robbins without the ambition. Here's what you get. Um, but but same with the fitness people, right? It's like it's 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 easy to look at someone who's like you know just ripped up and looking like oh my god, look at the muscles and ripped and six pack and looking amazing. I want to be like that. Eh, you may not be like that. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm never gonna be a Dave guy. I'm not that guy. So again, instead of just looking at holy shit, how they do, I'm gonna make myself do it. Please stop doing that and saying, do I feel like that works for me? Because if you've tried keto 50 times and it hasn't worked, it ain't working for you. You're not sharing. Okay? And so instead of trying to do keto again, instead learn from keto, work on cutting the refined carbs down. I agree with that part, but you don't have to go into ketosis. You don't have to follow the keto plan strictly. Okay? You need to have more flexibility in how you're approaching this. And I think if you do, you're going to start to feel inspired and excited because you start to develop a plan that works for you. Um... Uh, no, I was saying I've dealt with someone similar and I had to learn not to. Yeah, I think Azra was just answering that question, user 5, six, yeah. Um, I've lost 95 pounds. My family tries to convince me to gain it back. You learn to. Yeah, yeah, again, and I don't think it's, um, it, it's not malicious. I, I'll tell you that, you know, that, that was, I used to be so mad about it and, and then I finally got some peace with it that it's really not about me. It, they love me. It's really more about them. Cool. You, you know what I mean? And, and I have found that to be very, very helpful. I really all of my motivation really comes from within myself, you know? Now I'm motivated, I don't want to die. My dad died at 54 of a heart attack, so that's a huge motivation. I don't want to leave my family. So that's a very big motivator. But beyond that, on the positive side of why I do this, it's really all for me. Like, like I like being the person I want to be. You know, that's the motivation. So that's what I'm talking about with the motivation. When you're truly motivated and you're, you're motivated by what's in here and how you feel living and being this version of you, I think... You can deal with family, friends, all sorts of challenges in a much more effective way. Um, Got to find the non-scale victories to break the scale fixation. Yeah, absolutely, Erica. Exactly. And it's easy to do. You know, I was just, this is what I'm talking about, is that, you know, people say, oh, the problem with the food is the instant gratification of it. I get it. But there's instant gratification of making good decisions too. Not, not weight-wise, right? Again, you have to get off the weight piece because the weight is... It's a trick of the mind because the weight loss takes time. If, if you could eat well today and lose 10 pounds when you woke up tomorrow, weight loss would be easy. 
but that's not what happens. That's not the world we live in. So you've got to reframe how you think about it and you got to focus on the emotional benefits, the mental benefits of how you think more positively when you do the right stuff. That's what I was telling you with the story about Paula. She's not eating at night. She's not losing weight the next morning, but she's going to bed feeling elated, feeling proud of herself, thinking of herself as a better version. She's wanted to not eat at night for 30 years and now she's doing it. So her self-image is boosting, her self-esteem's better. She's going to bed elated and proud of herself. If that doesn't motivate you, I, I, don't, I don't know what would. I, I, don't, I don't know what, you know, what are we doing? So there are so many non-scale victories and the beauty of the non-scale victories is that they're fucking instant. The second you make a good decision, you feel better about yourself. You can get coordinate, you can get focused on that and let that be the main thing driving you. You've been conditioned to focus on the food. You have seen tens and tens of millions of ads in your lifetime constantly conditioning you on the pleasure of the food. But what if you started to focus on the pleasure of making good decisions, of weighing what you want, of having mastery over your health and over your happiness? It's way better, you know, but, but it's a different mindset. What's the best way to stick to it? Um, kind of building on what I just said, it's, it's taking the weight loss and wrapping in personal development. It's making it more important than it is. See, you, you try and like, okay, now my weight loss is going to be more important, right? So, so it hasn't been important for months, but now it's going to be important. Th that's not going to work. You need to find things that are already important to you. What's important to you? I bet there's people in your life. Maybe you got kids. Maybe you got a partner. Maybe you got other people in your life that are the most important relationships. Uh, maybe your work's important. Maybe you're in school and your school's most important. Whatever the most important things in your life are, the top three, the most important things in your life, you should weave the weight around those things because all of those things that are the most important to you are suffering because of your weight, not because of how you fucking look. Okay, I, I got you. I know. I'm not talking about oh, my partner doesn't care if I'm overweight. My kids don't care if I'm overweight. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about how you look at all. I'm talking about how you feel. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. And if you're constantly feeling like shit because of the weight, and you're feeling frustrated and discouraged, and you you're, have no energy, and you're tired, and you're upset with yourself, how's that impacting those most important things in your life? It's not impacting them positively. You're living your life less than you could. So this to me is the best way to stick to it is make it to realize it's way more than about looking better. You don't give a shit. If you've been struggling to lose weight, I will tell you, you don't give a shit about how you look. You really don't. And most of us don't. We don't have any inborn instincts of, to really give a shit how we look. Do you understand that? We evolved in an environment where there was no cameras, no mirrors, no pictures, no fashion. <laughs> you know, so that shit, you know, you have a much higher survival instinct, success instinct than you do wanting to look good instinct. And so you should tap into those and then it's way easier to stick with it. Yeah. Angela says it took, it took 51 years to get the curves. Exactly. Right. So, uh, yeah. So again, it's not going to come off in a, in a week, you know, um, once you stop consuming all your time by eating, you realize who you are as a person. Oh, Deanna. All right. I like that. Absolutely. I just said that, Dan, I, I literally just made a video and I said, if you're a boredom eater, it's because you're being a boring person, <laughs> you know, in truth, truth. I always say, that's why, again, you wrap your weight loss in personal development because you, it is personal development. <clears throat> Einstein said at the same level of thinking that created the problem can't solve the problem. And so if you're going to change your weight forever, you've got to upgrade your mindset. And again, what this really becomes and what jazzes me up, what really excites me, because I'm the same weight now. Do you understand? I'm not motivated by weight loss because I'm at my goal weight. 
Think about that for a second. There's another video I just made. I made a lot of good videos today, I think. Um, so check them out. By the way, follow me. If you don't follow me on TikTok, what are you doing? If you want to lose weight and you're not following me, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> so anyways, um, but uh, yeah, if, if we, we can't think like a dieter and a thin and healthy person at the same time, right? They're mutually exclusive. Being a dieter is all about, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. And I always say this, that you, you have two mindsets in you. You have an overweight mindset and a dieter mindset. And you can even diet yourself down to your goal weight and you still get the same problem. You can't keep thinking like a dieter. You got to stop at some point and you don't want to go back to thinking like an overweight person. But the problem becomes you don't know how to think like a thin, healthy person, you know? And so the thing that motivates me to keep going on this path is exactly what this person is saying. Like you realize who you are as a person. Um, I forget, and I forget the Latin of it, but it was in the, I always think it was in Matrix. But know thyself, right, is, is the idea. And so I don't get all philosophical on you, but if that matters to you at all, like, yeah, like, who are you? Who do you want to be? You know, that's, that's my North Star, you know? My North Star that keeps me going on this, the, the, the thing that motivates me to live my healthy lifestyle, to keep eating the way I'm eating, is not the weight. It's really, again, it is my health, that's part of it. But the real part of it is that I keep growing and evolving into a better version of myself. And I find it endlessly fascinating. I'm always tweaking and optimizing what I'm doing. And what happens is I can keep looking back, like I look back five years ago, and I'm like, holy shit, look at everything. I can't believe where I'm at. My strategies improve, my results improve. Everything just keeps getting better. But most importantly is I have something to look forward to. And I think that's really important. That's a dopamine conversation I don't wanna get into right now. But I keep the rest of my life till I'm 150, I just anticipate just learning and growing and evolving. And it, it's, it's so exciting to me. That's what I try and convey to you guys. It's not about the weight. The weight just kind of like, it's cool, but you just normalize to it. And so we need something that, this is why I think a lot of dieters put the weight back on as well. I think they trade the pleasure of the food for the pleasure and the excitement of the scale going down. But then the scale, you get the goal weight and I was like, well, where do I get my pleasure now? If it's only about weight, you're setting yourself up for failure because once you hit the goal weight, what's motivating you now? What are you looking forward to? Keto forever? What? You know? And so I think that you make this bigger and it's easy to do. I, I just, it just, it just keeps growing and evolving for me and it's exciting and um, it's motivating. And it says, we love you. Thank you. You're welcome, Angela. I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, I love all you guys. I, I love helping you all out with this. It really does. It, it's my mission in life to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And it's so important to me because, it, you know, again, I mentioned a couple times today, but my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. So for me, weight is life and death, you know? And, and I was thinking today, I just got reminded of this, but I remember my dad, he, he knew he had heart issues. He certainly, he was obese. Um, and I remember him doing the fucking grapefruit diet, you know? And I'm just like, I look at him like, man, I always, I, there's a book in me. I don't know if it'll, it'll probably become part of another book, but I always thought like saving my father, it wouldn't take too much psychoanalysis to figure out why I do what I do. Um, but he didn't have a chance in hell eating grapefruits. That's how you're going to lose weight. That's how you live as a thin alley. You're gonna eat grapefruits. What's that mean? You know, it's like, oh, I always say it's like putting a a, a band aid on a bazooka wound. You know, is what a diet is for for what you're trying to do. Um, you've got a, a broken ass mindset, and it's no surprise the food industry, the diet industry, the medical industry has got you absolutely turned inside out, where you don't know what's up and what's down. And so that's why I try to get out here every day for free. Um, doing the podcast. I got the Spark program almost ready to go. So again, if you have not 
Um, if you're on TikTok, which I think I'm the only, I don't know where I'm at today because the technology is a little weird here, but today, but um, go to my bio, click the link and get the hypnosis session um, and then watch the training I give you and then read the emails I send to you. And then you'll get access to this Spark program that I should have ready to go by the end of the day here. Um, and that's all free. It'll be free forever. Okay. So I'm here to help you out. Yes, I have programs too. Yes, I have coaching that I offer too. Um, but I'm here to help you even for free. I, I will give you more for free than anyone else will. Um, why don't I give everything away for free? Because at some point you, you've got to get some skin in the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, I, I have, I have tried that by the way. I've literally given my program yourself, didn't program away for free. And um, what ends up happening is people don't value it. They don't use it, you know? And so um, I give you a lot of stuff for free. And then there, there again, what I am bringing is I'm really excited about as well though, is if you, if you know my stuff, you know that the, the kind of ground floor was $1,000 to work with me. Um, and so I have options coming down the pike that are cheaper than that. And so anyone who wants to do it will be able to afford it. And I'm really excited about that. Um, so anyways, enough of that. Uh, I remember the relationship changed with my close friend once he started prioritizing his health. Yeah, it, it happens again, you know, like, like, and that's a big thing to recognize. That's a subconscious factor that's influencing you. I often say that you weigh what you want subconsciously. And if you're not losing weight, I can almost guarantee it's because you do not want to lose weight. I, I genuinely mean that. Um, you wish you'd lose weight. You'd love to wake up at your goal weight, but you're not really deep down, you know, that, or you believe anyways, that if I start being healthier and lose the weight, it's going to, it's going to harm my marriage. It's going to negatively impact my relationship with my friends. Uh, it's maybe going to bring me more attention from men and I don't want to deal with that. Um, my skin might get loose and I don't, I'm going to look worse. So I don't want to do that. There's all these subconscious reasons why you may not want to lose weight. And if you don't identify and deal with them, you're never going to lose weight. You'll stay stuck in this, oh, I just want to lose weight. I tried everything, I can't lose weight. I tried everything, I can't lose weight. Yeah, because you don't want to lose weight. And I know that sounds crazy, but again, this is why you need to understand your subconscious mind. It's the most important mental distinction I know of. I mean, my whole life's based on it. You have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. We don't need to get into deep, deep detail. Okay, you got a conscious mind, a subconscious mind, and an unconscious mind. The unconscious mind is all the stuff you were born with, right? So you know you don't have to worry about breathing or your body temperature, right, or digestion. That's your unconscious stuff, um, and a lot more stuff. Those cognitive biases, those those are wired in there. The subconscious stuff is all the stuff that you've learned since you've been alive. You've been programmed without realizing it by commercials, by parents, by family, by friends, by culture, and um, and then there's your conscious mind, which is the logical, rational part. You know, and, and again, the, the main part that's running your weight is your subconscious mind. And so until you deal with that, I, I just, I don't know what you would do. I don't know how you would change that. Um, you are brutally honest. That's what I need. Great job. It's hard to change your habits. It is hard to change your habits. That's why you need to be strategic with it, you know? And to be honest, most people have no fucking idea how to change their habits. Do you know there's a science, there's a neuroscience of habits? You probably don't know it. And if you don't, what the fuck have you been doing with your weight? I'm joking kind of, okay, but what I'm trying to say is the diet industry is, is giving you 5% of the solution. And that's the way they want it because they don't want you to lose weight. They don't, you know? And so, yeah, the hard part's not knowing what to do. You will never see me write a diet book where it's like, oh, eat this, don't eat this. Because who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, who gives a shit if I tell you what to do? You don't know how to get yourself to do it. So what's the point? And so that's what I spend all my time with is helping you 
how do you get yourself to do it? You know, that, that's the more interesting question to me. Um, how do you become more confident during your weight loss? I feel I can only be at my goal weight um, and be confident. Yeah, which that's a great question too. That's not true though. Okay. You, there's external stimulus, there's an interpretation and there's experience. So what that means is you can feel confident right now. Okay. How do you feel confident right now? Well, okay. Are you confident that you can tie your shoes? Are you confident that you could go to Amazon and buy something? Yeah. Okay. So confidence is confidence neurologically, right? It's literally your nervous system feeling an emotion. And so you're confident you can do certain things so you can feel confident. Now I know what you're saying, yeah, but that's not confident with my body. Yeah, but confidence is confidence. And I would say the main reason you don't feel confident with your body is because you're mentally, you're literally the way you're using your brain, you're not allowing yourself to feel confident. You're confident you could walk across the room. You're confident you could go pick something up with your hands. Okay, so you love your body when it comes to the functionality of it, but then you have been trained and conditioned to feel like shit about yourself based on how you look. Okay, so again, how you feel all comes down to how you're thinking. All right, so here's the equation you may want to remember. Um, and I think this explains a lot to me. Most people know their weight is really a reflection of how they eat and how they're living. Okay, I think we all agree with that. And so, but that's most people's equation. Weight, how I'm eating, how I'm living. And what they do is they follow diets, workout plans, then try and force themselves to eat and act differently so that their weight's different, okay? Where I think I'm different is I go a level deeper, that I know how you eat and how you live comes down to how you're thinking and how you're feeling. Because let's be honest, <laughs> you know enough about what you should and shouldn't eat, right? You make good and bad decisions in your life, food-wise, health-wise, lifestyle-wise. What dictates that decision? It's not the knowledge, right? It's not the, oh, I didn't know ice cream was bad for me. That, that's not the problem. The problem is you're in a bad fucking mood, right? You, you, I don't give a shit or I'm depressed or I'm sad or who gives a shit and you eat the ice cream. But then you compare that to times when you're feeling inspired and motivated, you're calm, you're relaxed, things are going well, you're connected to your goals. And then so hey, you want some ice cream? Nah, I'm, I'm good, right? So what's dictating whether you eat the ice cream or the bullshit in the first place? It's not the knowledge. Do you understand? This is why the diets are never going to help you. The problem is not that you don't know what you should or shouldn't eat. The problem is you don't know how to influence how you feel. And again, so, so if we broke that down a little bit more, um, how you feel is dictating how you behave and then how you feel is created by how you think. So in order to truly gain control of your weight, you've got to gain control of your behaviors. But in order to gain control of your behaviors, you can't just rely on willpower. That hasn't worked and it's never going to. You need to get control of how you feel and you need to do that by getting control of how you think. And so that's what Program Yourself then is. It's really, it's, it's a masterclass on how to think and feel in a way so that you naturally and automatically begin to behave the way you want to. Okay? There's strategy there too as well. Um, but the primary thing is how you're talking to yourself and how you feel. You know. Um, so yeah, confidence is something that you can feel right now depending on how you think about things. I could make you, I could hypnotize you to feel confident immediately. So. Um, what the big mistake a lot of dieters make, and again, this is you're hypnotizing yourself to believe this. You're saying, I'm the, I, I can't feel confident until I lose the weight, you know? And so you hold all these wonderful feelings out in the distance somewhere, right? You hold all your good feelings hostage. I'm gonna, I like that phrasing of that. I'm gonna make a video out of that one. So you're holding your good feelings hostage, right? Once I lose the weight, then I can feel attractive and confident and successful and happy, right? 
But guess what? You need all those feelings right now. Cause feeling, cause if you don't let yourself feel confident, happy, excited, motivated, all the wonderful things, then what are you feeling? Shitty. And when you feel shitty, how easy is DE well? Almost impossible. So you see, you, you, you got to turn that around. You got to start feeling confident, happy. Now, listen, I get it. You could feel confident now. And then when you lose the weight, you feel more confident. Okay. So, so I get that, but there is no reason on earth that you can't start to feel confident now. And you know that because you can't tell me you don't feel confident. You can tie your shoes. Then you can go to Amazon and buy something. I know I'm being, I'm, I'm playing with words, but what's the difference? Confidence is confidence. Oh, I don't feel attractive. Okay. You can feel attractive right now. You know, so, so again, you can feel all the emotions you want right now when you know how to use your mind appropriately. And it makes it a lot easier. All I know is we made it to eating for pleasure day again. <laughs> right, Don? I was so true. So true. I was saying that funny. I was saying that yesterday. So true. Uh, you're way funnier. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, if I don't see the scale moving, I remember I'm sleeping better. Moving better, breathing. Kelly, look at you, Kelly. You're just dropping pearls of wisdom here. Kelly, if I didn't know better, I think this is really starting to sink in, huh? I love that mentality, right? Azra gets it too, right? Because Azra's here all the time listening. So I love that. And it's true. You know what I mean? Like I always say, you get the truth on your side, folks. You're, you're not, you, you've been conditioned to only focus on the weight and to really only focus on the weight superficially. You've been focused to think about your weight superficially. Again, every weight loss ad you've seen, every diet ad is the before and after picture. So you've been conditioned to think about your weight superficially, visually, aesthetically. And even the weight, you're, you're, you're saying weight, but you're thinking visually. And so you could think about weight and internalize it. How's it affecting your systems, visceral fat, your organs? And we could get deep with it. I do that. I keep meaning to make this picture. It's in the training. Again, if, you're, if you haven't signed up for my email list, I, I don't even know. I don't know what you're doing. I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. But in that training, I show you an MRI of an obese person and a healthy weight person. And I do that to reorient you to what the weight's doing to you on the inside. When you focus just on how you look, it, it minimizes the impact and it minimizes the motivation. So here's Kelly dropping pearls. If I don't see the scale moving, I remember I'm sleeping better, moving better, breathing easier, feeling better. And if that doesn't matter to you, then this is the wrong place for you to be, you know? But if you value those things, and even let's take worst case scenario, right, Kelly? You do all those things and you're sleeping better, moving better, breathing better, feeling better, eating better, and the weight doesn't come down. And say a month goes by and it's the same thing. And so now what happens is you've waited a month and you say, okay, my body, I, I must my, reduce my calories now. Because first off, the first week, you don't know. Maybe it's your body just adjusting and then the weight will start coming off again. You get to a month and say, okay, let me tweak some things. But now think about this. You've spent a month eating well, sleeping well, breathing better. And now the month later, you have a much better idea of what your routines are. So now you can be more strategic. You could say, what'd be the easiest place for me to cut some calories down? And now you can be strategic with it because now you have a structured way of eating. Say, oh, you know what? I'll cut down on that or I'll cut that little thing out or I'll replace that with that, okay? And then now your ability to enact that strategy is way improved because you've been sleeping better. <laughs> you're feeling better. You're moving better. You're happier. You're clear-headed. You know what I mean? Like... Like this is the whole game and it's just, it's so profound to me because we never think this way. We just think, oh, okay, I'm a hundred pounds overweight. I'm exhausted. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I try every diet. I'm feeling negative and I'm going to start this crazy ass plan tomorrow and I'm going to be perfect with it. No, you're not. You're completely depleted energetically, physically, mentally, emotionally. 
We never pay attention to those factors. So Kelly, yeah, not only is that a great mindset, but it also fixes you up. It optimizes you physically, mentally, emotionally, so that you can do the things you want to do. Great mentality. Um, my husband and my cat definitely could use more energy to play with my cat. Yeah, there you go. That's what I mean. You got to make it more contextual. I will tell you this, that again, your weight loss motivation has no meaning to it. If you are a 65-year-old woman who's been married for 40 years and is just about to have some grandkids, you are not, and you've been overweight for 40 years, you don't give a fuck about wearing a bathing suit to the beach. That is about this much motivation to you. Okay? But that's what the diet industry keeps trying to motivate you with. You know what's motivating to you? Being able to be alive so you can watch your grandkids grow up and you can spend time and go on adventures with your partner. Being able to get on the floor with your grandkids, being a good role model for the people in your life. Those are going to be way more motivating ideas. All right. So, um, let's see here. Let me back up on the question. Let me quicker now. I always say I'm going to do that. Um, perfect is the enemy of good enough. Learn to deal with that idea on pre YT. Yeah. John knows. John, John's a superstar right now. He, he's had a killer, killer month in the program. I love John's story because John, he signed up on New Year's Day. And he was, he was this close. <laughs> he stumbled upon me and he was this close to starting his keto plan again. And, uh, you know, instead it's funny how life can do that. Huh? Talk about like, what, a, what a right? 2024 is going to be a completely different year and potentially the rest of your life is going to be completely different because of that one split second moment. Huh? It's such a funny story. There's Paula. Thank you for sharing my story. I'm still in awe of myself. Yeah, right? I, I am too. And I love that. And that's the focus. And here's, I wanted to share this because I, I thought this was so great with Paula. Paula had done like five days of not eating at night. And I understand this. This is all of us with the diet mindset. She's five days in and is she happy? Yeah, she's happy. You're feeling elated every night? Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm really nervous that I'm going to, I'm going to break it and then I won't do it anymore. Okay. Now, let me speak to that for a second because I, I use the example like if you got a massage every week for three months and then for whatever reason you missed a month or w- missed a week, would you be worried that you would never go back to get another massage? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you eat ice cream every night and you just miss a night randomly, are you worried you're never going to eat ice cream again at night? Do you, you know what I mean? Like this is what I'm saying. When you start orienting around pleasure and feeling good and feeling elated when you go to bed, that you don't have, it's not the same thing. You get out of the streak mode, streak mentality, which is the main thing driving you. You know, as a dieter, your main motivation is the streak. How long can I do this for? How long can I keep this going on? That is shitty motivation. I'm not saying it, it can be good in context as, as part of something, but in and of itself, it's not good motivation. And so now it's like, so what? So she, maybe she'll eat some night. And so the next night, it's like, ah, I didn't really feel that great eating at night. I want to go back to feeling elated. I like that better. So, so I hope that makes sense. That's a much better motivation. And that's a great story, Paula. Um, Rocket Girl, finally, after 60 plus years, my desire to be healthy is more important than my desire to eat. That's super, Rocket. That's the big difference. Yeah. To thine own self be true, Shakespeare. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I think you make this process about. It's about figuring out who you truly are. Who is the best? I always say that when I say take your weight loss, wrap it in personal development, don't make this about just losing weight. Make it about becoming the best version of yourself possible. And one aspect of that is being at your goal weight. But there's so much more. You know, you've got to give this more meaning. And that's how you do it. Um, 
Yep, did that. I was in junior high. Jeez, that's a long time. What's up, Tabby? Jim, what do you think about Orlistat? Um, Orlistat, is that, I'm blanking on that one. Is that another, like, uh, Ozempic thing? I, I know what that is. I don't know why I'm blanking on Orlistat. Um, I'm going to assume... I don't know which one, what does that one do? And it it can help patients reach and maintain a healthy weight. I don't know what that one does. Is that one like Ozempic? I have a sense of how Ozempic works. Lipase inhibitors. So I don't know exactly that one. Oh, okay. I see. It works by preventing some of the fat and foods eaten from being absorbed in the intestines. Nope. No, thank you. I, I don't want anything like that. I, I don't want to mess with my digestive tract like that. No, thank you. So No. Um, what do I think about Orlistat? I don't like it one bit. I don't want things to prevent things from being absorbed into my body. No, thank you. I'm not interested. So I want to work with my body. I want to give my body what it needs. I want my body to be absorb, be able to absorb nutrients perfectly. I want it to be absorb the exact amount of fat that I need and want in my body. And to do that, I will put the exact amount of fat I need and want in my body. Okay. I don't want to start messing with my digestion and causing things to not be um, it's like, I remember they made those chips. I don't know if this is, this kind of reminds me of that, but was it a Lester? I think, um, you, you ate the chips, but it made you poop your pants. <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I do not want to mess with that. That's a big problem with the bariatric surgeries is that you, you know, you're, you're shortening the digestive tract and yeah, not interested in that part. So that's what I think of that. Um, the guilt of eating something bad has to be greater than your desire to consume the food. Um, Azra, I will, I will make one exception there. I don't, I don't want the guilt of eating something bad. Not the guilt. We want to stay as far away from guilt as we can. What we want to be aware of is the consequence, okay? So guilt is when we internalize this feeling of guilt, shame, feeling bad about ourselves. What we want to do is we want to connect to the negative consequence, and we want to do it in a very disassociated, well, we want to associate it, but we don't want to internalize it as an identity. So what I mean by that is we can say, okay, um, I want some ice cream. We think that. And so now I can I can step back and say, okay, well, it will taste good. It'll be enjoyable to eat. But the consequence, how am I going to feel five minutes after I'm done? I'm going to feel full. I'm going to feel frustrated that I ate it. I'm going to feel like I kind of let myself down a little bit. I don't want to feel that way. Okay. So I don't want to feel, yes, I may feel guilty in the future, um, but we want to avoid guilt out of that. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, like, and I know I'm kind of nitpicking words here, but I like to focus more on the consequence of it and making that a clear, I, I don't want to identify as guilty if I eat something wrong. Do you know what I mean? Um, because there is even good and bad, right and wrong foods goes in that direction. I don't love that. Um, but we really want to make sure that we separate the behaviors we do from the identity we hold. When you make a poor food choice, there's usually a reason why. And so we want to seek to understand it. And so I, I'm very sensitive to like, you're not a bad person because you ate too much ice cream. You know, you're not a bad person because you're obese. These are things that you're dealing with, and it is not your identity. You're much more than your weight. You're much more than the behavior you just did, okay? So again, I, I might have got a little overboard with that, but I just want to I, I want to stay away from guilt, shame. Those emotions are kryptonite to your weight loss. They will sabotage you quicker than anything. Um, John says, I created my eating plan. Why would I give up on a structured plan that I created? <laughs> exactly, John, right? That's what I mean. That In, in Program Yourself, then... We got the weight mastery blueprints, mindset, lifestyle, eating. And so they are fill in the blank blueprints that you customize to yourself. What an idea. And so you figure out what works for you. 
You know, John is, is on the road a lot doing sales. So his solution is going to be different than mine. I work from home. You know, I mean, we are in two totally different situations. So we need two totally different, um, and we're two totally different people on top of it. So you need your own, you need a one size fits one plan for yourself. Okay. That, that's the path to success. Um, my mood way more stable, eating healthy the past month equals less emotional eating, a new positive cycle. Exactly, Erica. See, that's the, that's why we want to focus on the mood piece. If you start focusing on your moods, how to get yourself. So again, this, this all, you get to this by asking the question, how can I easily, and we start with the weight, right? Weight, behavior, feeling, thinking. Your weight is created by your behaviors, your habitual behaviors. Your habitual behaviors are created by your habitual feelings and your habitual feelings are created by your habitual thoughts, okay? So we ask the question, how can I easily and comfortably lose weight, okay? Well, we need to eat like, we need to eat like a thin and healthy person regularly. How can I eat in a thin, healthy way easily and comfortably? Well, if I feel more grounded and calm and relaxed, that makes it easier. I also need some easy strategies to follow. Right. And then it comes back to what do I have in place? How can I influence my my emotions? You know, and, and again, so so we kind of work it backwards. And so instead of what I always refer to is program yourself in as a preventative approach. See, you're not pre- trying to prevent the weight gain. You're trying to lose weight actively. And so I'm here trying to prevent you going over your goal weight. Hope that makes sense. And so when we get preventative, we start asking questions like that. Like, how can I calm myself down? Because when I'm calm and relaxed, I, de- I naturally and automatically tend to make healthier food choices. And that's easier. Um, Todd says, I learned that if I felt good when dressed amazing, but once I started running, then I feel awesome. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's awesome. Um, great thinking, John. Yep. Uh, yes, Karen says, over the summer when I could walk up a very steep hill to my grandson's football game was awesome. Yeah, see, that's a, that's a real thing. You can internalize that. That's an, that, I'm not getting too deep into this, but that's an intrinsic motivation. And how we look is an extrinsic motivation. It's the weakest form. Um, Karen says, right, and how many times a year do you go to the beach? <laughs> exactly. I joke about this all the time, but I, I went through this with the abs thing, you know. Um, <clears throat> at points in the last 20 years, I get into these moments where like, oh, I want abs. And I never did it, though. And uh, I was like, well, why not? I'm like, you know what I mean? I've mastered my weight. I'm a master of behavior. Why haven't I gotten the abs? And it dawned on me. I was like, I don't give a shit. I don't care if I have abs or not. You know, being at your goal weight is a lot easier than having abs, you know, to the, the way that I was thinking of them. That takes a lot of extra work. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm a married guy. I have my shirt off five hours a, a year. I don't give a shit. I'm not putting all that work in for what? For what? You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people are in that boat. I think you don't really give a shit. That I mean, I know you want to look better, but you have an idea in your mind. You know the idea I have in my mind of how I want to look? Do you want to know? I want to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Great. <laughs> Who cares? I, I But I don't want to work that hard. I don't have those genetics. I'm fine not looking like that too. But it's the first image that pops up in my head. You're probably doing the same thing. You probably got some image in your mind of, I don't know, some 25-year-old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here you are, six years old. Oh, oh, like that twenty-five-year-old, you know. And uh, you know, we got to get congruent because a lot of times we got goals in our head that are fucking goofy. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. And so we got to get congruent with our goals because sometimes we're saying we want a goal that we don't really actually want. And so, Karen, you're right on the money that when you focus on running up a hill with your grandson, that's going to be something that's way more meaningful to you than you know wearing a bathing suit twice a year for a couple hours. You know. Um, yeah, blocks fat. Yep. 
um, gut health. Yeah, gut health, exactly. Oh my God, the chips my sister had an accident in Walmart from them. Yeah, right? So that's what I mean. I, I, I'm i good. <laughs> I'm good. The second things start, you know, dealing with not absorbing nutrients in my body, I, I'm running 100 miles an hour the opposite direction. Um, but again, you know, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not even, I, I'm not even a scientist. I've taken four science classes in my life. So I'm not a science-minded person. But I will tell you this, that what I've seen from all the miracle medications for weight loss in my lifetime, I've not seen any of them pan out, not even close, not even close. And so when I see the Ozempics and the semaglutides and all the medicines like that, I just not knowing, I have a general sense of how they work, but not a deep sense. But what my, if I was gonna put money on it, I feel like in five years, no one's gonna be doing those because something's gonna go wrong with them. They're gonna find out. I, I don't know, just for some reason, it's not gonna be as good as they think. There's a lot of money in medications, folks. Do you know that? <laughs> That's why my book eventually, the second book is gonna be The Obesity Conspiracy. And it's the food companies, the diet companies, and the medical establishment. And I love doctors, so I'm not saying I, I love doctors, but we, we can't disagree that it's a business model built on treating the symptoms. There's a lot of money in, in selling insulin selling medicines that deal with the symptoms from overeating and eating the wrong foods. And so I don't think you're getting straight answers anywhere. You know, that's why I do this every day, you know, to try and give you some, some straight answers. Yeah. The Olestra wow chips. Yeah. Wow is right. Right. <laughs> wow. What's up Parsons. Uh, Kelly says while I'm wanting to snack at night, I think about how I would feel afterwards. My body is done with binging. Yeah. Kelly, that Kelly, I'm so proud of you. You're internalizing all this stuff. That's the strategy I use. That That's the core strategy I use to eat well, especially when I'm getting a craving for something is again, I, I acknowledge and recognize it'll be enjoyable to eat it. And so I acknowledge that. I'm not trying to avoid it or ignore it or bullshit myself. Yeah, it's going to taste good to eat the ice cream. But then I always ask, how am I going to feel five minutes after? And again, not just physically, because if you ask that question right now, physically, you'd be like, oh, I feel fine. Because you're, you, you're, you're tolerant to it. Do, do you understand? You've got like a, like a drug addict gets tolerant to the drugs. They need more and more and more to it. You're probably tolerant to processed foods and to calories and all the, all the other stuff. So you may not feel it physically, but mentally and emotionally, there's a huge consequence and you'll recognize that immediately if you pay attention. And the mental consequence is the dialogue in your head. After you go and eat the ice cream, five minutes afterwards, what are you saying to yourself? It's usually pretty grim, pretty dark negative, mean shit you're saying to yourself. And that creates negative emotional feelings where you feel down. And so that's the part I focus on. Remember, there's three phases of eating. There's anticipation, consumption, consequence. Every single food ad you've ever seen in your life, and you've seen many millions of them, is focusing on the anticipation and consumption of the food. Every ad is the food coming towards you and the person eating it, the first couple bites. They never show the end of the package the person sitting on the sofa like a slob, they never show that piece. But ironically, the consequence phase is the longest one. So you have to take it upon yourself to orient yourself to the consequence phase and not bullshitting yourself, not saying, oh my, oh, if I eat that, I'm going to be a bad person. It's say, if I eat that, I'm going to feel frustrated. I'm going to feel let down. I'm going to feel like I'm off track again. And a lot of ju just that shift in mindset alone causes the cravings to go down. Because if you just focus on the anticipation and consumption of the food, that drives the cravings up. That's why all the commercials show you the anticipation and consumption of the food. It drives up cravings. And then you try and consciously fight them with your willpower. 
It's no match. So when you focus on the consequence, what happens is you start to decrease the cravings. And now you don't need as much willpower to say, I don't want that. You know, so that's exactly right, Kelly. Um, I will smell and know it tastes good. I don't need, I don't, if I feel empowered by now, I decline. Holy shit, read much? <laughs> I feel empowered now by declining unhealthy foods. Kelly, I'm really glad you're saying this because I don't know if people believe me when I say it, you know, but this is exactly how I feel. I get, see right now, like you're getting, right now, if you're struggling with your weight, there's a good chance that you are associating, you associate pleasure to eating the foods and pain to not eating them. And that turns into your weight loss. You associate pain to losing weight because you assume it's, I can't eat my favorite foods and it's less pleasure. And you associate pleasure to not losing weight because you get to keep eating the foods and living the way you're living. So what Kelly's talking about here is that you can reframe that. That's, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I do. That's why I work with my clients with is reframing because um, everything's good and bad. Everything's good and bad. Ice cream is good and bad. It tastes good and it makes us overweight and gives us health issues if we eat too much of it. So which one we focus on is going to feel like the real one. We have control over that. And so, again, the ice cream is good and bad. Which one do we focus on? If we focus on the consequence, you're going to start making a lot of different decisions. And it's going to make all the difference in the world. And then as you start getting in the habit of saying, I don't want that, I don't want that, you start to build up your self-efficacy. You start to believe in yourself. I always say, like, one of the most amazing things of my, my work with my clients is watching them start to trust themselves again. Because as a dieter, you completely don't trust yourself. You hate yourself. You're fighting against yourself. You're always struggling against yourself. It's a miserable way of living. And what Kelly's saying here is she's really articulating everything that I'm talking about in the program where you really start to work with yourself, okay? Um, Kelly says, I butchered that. Sorry, I don't have space for words. That was your fault, Kelly. You, you typed it all weird and made me read it like a goofball. <laughs> and I know, know that. Everything, I just trip over my words. Just joking. Ugly Chris Evans. <laughs> Do you manage the Papa John's on uh, 7th Street? Yeah, how do you manage the, the Papa John's on 7th Street? That's a great question because um, you can manage it, okay? And the management becomes, and I like the word manage, okay? Because you didn't say, how do I stop eating the Papa John's on 7th Street? I don't think you stop eating the, the Papa John's on 7th Street. I don't think that's a good strategy. If, um, if the Papa John's on 7th Street now, 7th Street, I always think when people say 7th Street or some number street that they're living in New York City. So I don't know. Do you live in New York City? I'm just thinking that. I don't know why. I'll tell you why in a second. Because are you talking about Papa John's? That I do. Okay, so you're talking about 7th Street, New York City, and you're asking me how do you manage Papa John's? Papa John's the chain? You live in New York City, and you're asking me how to manage Papa John's the chain, the pizza chain? You live in Brooklyn, Papa John's. Now I'm confused. <laughs> you got like the best pizza on the planet, a hundred places around you, but you're trying, how do I deal with Papa John's pizza? <laughs> Is it? No, oh, you said it's Papa John's the chains. Uh, I don't know. Let's not pick on them, but I mean, right. It's like, I, I, I you know, I live in the north end of Boston. How do I deal? How do I deal with Olive Garden? I, I get it. I get. It. I'm joking. I'm making jokes, but um, I'm joking because we all like what we like. Okay, so I'll stop picking on you. But ironically, you know, one way to deal with it, ah, cheap food, brother. I got you. I got you. Um, one way to deal with that, honestly, is to start eating better quality pizza. Okay, this is a whole story. I don't want to get into this right now. I'm gonna do some lessons on this, um, but. 
I just read this book, Ultra Processed People. And so the ultra processed food really makes it difficult to control. It's literally designed to be overeaten. And so it lacks nutrients. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, fair enough, John. Right? John has out of Taco Bell and you live in Houston, right? Same thing. Oh my God. Um, so, but I'm joking. I'm joking, but I'm kind of not too. I would, it's very interesting that when you eat higher quality food, sometimes that actually makes it easier to be in control of it. I know it sounds strange. I do this with chocolate, especially. I could eat like, I do this every Halloween. I don't really eat like cheap chocolate much, but um, around Halloween, I'm like, I'll, I'll eat it for like a week. And it's the same experience every time. Like the first time I eat, I'm like, oh, this is disgusting. And then five minutes later, I'm like, is there any more of that disgusting chocolate? <laughs> and then two days later, I'm just eating it all the time. So ironically, one thing I would suggest is, is um, you know, try a, a higher quality piece and just see what happens there. Um, but let's just get back to it anyways. How do we deal with stuff like that? It's always going to be hard when it's ultra processed food. It's always going to be a harder challenge to manage it. Okay. Because what you're asking me is how do I, how do I manage my cocaine habit? Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's literally on that level when you're eating highly palatable, ultra processed food, it is literally designed by multi-billion dollar companies with unlimited resources to create the most addictive, hyper palatable, over consumable product that they can create. Okay. That comes down to how soft it is, how fast you can chew it and swallow it. Um, the flavor hits in the initial, you know, biting of it. Um, you know, the mouthfeel of it, all of this stuff is optimized for you to over consume it. So that's why I say, you know, you're really asking me, it's extra challenging to deal with these hyper palatable, ultra processed food places. Okay. That being said, even that you can still deal with, okay? And what it comes down to is strategy and motivation. And so the strategy is first off, this is where the 5-2 model comes in. So in Program Yourself, then we talk about a 5-2 model, five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. And we do this because probably the best way to screw up your eating is to say, okay, it's Monday and I'm never gonna eat Papa John's anymore. And as soon as you say that, you feel deprived and you get fixated on it and it drives the consumption of it. So it's a lot easier to say, okay, I'm not gonna eat Papa John's Monday through Thursday and I will have it Friday night. So at least now you can look forward to it, which most of the enjoyment you get out of food is the anticipation of it. Do you know you have more wiring in your brain for the anticipation of pleasure than the actual experience of it? This is evolutionarily, it drives, it's harder to get the food than it is to eat the food. So again, anticipating it, we can use that strategically. So you hold out, what is a good spot for you? Now, if you're eating Papa John's every day, I would start by, let me go one day without eating Papa John's. Then I would work that up to two days, then three, okay? So that's the strategy piece. And there's more strategy we could put in there, but that's the big one I would suggest starting with. The motivation is why? Why do you wanna start, you know, why do you wanna cut back on the Papa John's? You know, why do you wanna get control of your weight, your health, whatever else? And I'd wanna make that really, really strong motivation. And then I guess I'll give you one more strategy. What do you want to do on the days you're not eating Papa John's? You've got to put some other idea in your mind, okay? We can't just say, okay, tomorrow's Monday and I'm not going to eat Papa John's because your subconscious mind does not understand negatives. I tell you, don't think about a banana. What you thinking about, right? And that's what you're doing every time you try and get control of Papa John's or Taco Bell. Okay, I'm not going to eat Taco Bell today. No Taco Bell today. No no Gordito Maximum Supreme. I'm not going to get the Gordito Maximum Supreme. I'm not going to get the Gordito Maximum Supreme. I'm not going to get the Meat Lovers Sausage Pizza. I'm not going to get the Meat Lovers, right? You're thinking about it. And then on top of that is just thinking about it causes the craving for it, right? Even if I say, start salivating, start desiring it. 
That's not what you want to do. So we want to figure out, okay, on the days you're not going to eat Papa John's, you're not going to eat Taco Bell, what are you going to eat? And you need to be crystal clear with that. So it becomes, okay, I'm not going to eat Papa John's two days out of the week. On those days, I'm going to eat this and this. And on the third day, I can have Papa John's and I'm going to really enjoy it because now I'm going to be able to eat it in a way where I feel in control of my eating. And remember, the most pleasure you can get from food is when you eat it at your goal weight, when you're in control of your weight and you're eating. That's the highest form of pleasure, I believe. Um, but I get it. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, at least go to Domino's. Is Domino's better than Papa John? Domino's is all right. I, I am joking with you because I had Domino's a couple months ago. But okay, well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this one. Um, I will tell you the best pizza I ever had. Well, it's in New York, but but okay. But but outside of that, it's just up there is I got an uni pizza oven and I can make a pizza now that is up there with Pepe's from New Haven, um, the places I've had in New York. It's amazing. So, and that's cheap as all hell. I mean, I buy the oven, you know, and that, that's a couple hundred bucks you put out there. But then you're talking about a, a pizza, like a pizza for yourself is $3 for dough. And it doesn't take much for it to taste good as hell. And you don't put as much cheese on it. So that's a strategic way. That's another one I would do, you know, a little bit of investment up front, but that's a great way. Um, yeah. Yep. New York and New Jersey pizza is the best. Yep. I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. That pizza is good stuff. Um, yep. Astros have a nice weekend. My stretches, my stretches are going great. I'm stretching. I'm stretching all the time now. And I feel just like I remember, I remember when I first started doing yoga, I remember I felt like I was de-petrifying myself. You know, I, I have a kind of a tense nervous system. And so when I first started doing yoga, I was very tense. And I've always maintained some really basic yoga over the years. But um, this year, I've really started to go deeper into it. And oh my God, I, everything is feeling light years better. And the yoga I'm doing is 20 minutes or so. It's, it's even simpler. And I will go deeper and deeper into it. But I, I feel amazing. I'm so glad. 2024 for me is the year of flexibility. So... Um, Maggie says that makes sense. It does make sense, doesn't it? Like, again, do you hear like when we talk about weight and eating in a strategic way, it's a completely different story. This is why I can't stress it enough. Go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session and watch the training. Watch the training I give you. I go through all of this stuff. It's the three steps to master your weight. Make a lot of sense for you to do that because your palate changes if you eat higher quality food. Yes, your palate changes and your, listen, we all know if we don't eat enough, we get a hunger signal, right? If you don't eat enough calories, you get hungry. Well, guess what? If you don't eat enough nutrients, your body sends you a hunger signal because your body thinks you're still in the natural world where eating equals nutrients. Doesn't know I could eat five Papa John's pizzas and still get no micronutrients in my body, okay? So yeah, as you eat higher quality food, um, more natural whole foods, you're nourishing yourself and you start to manage your hunger that way. Um, Kelly says, Houstonian here too. I make healthier choices at home, cheaper because you have leftovers. Yeah, eating, making your own food is cheaper in the long run, okay? You you, you know, people tell me, oh, healthy food's not, not cheap. I get that, you think that, but I will put my, I'll put brown rice and vegetables up against your Taco Bell any day of the week. And I, I haven't eaten, I haven't eaten fast food in decades, but my kids, like I'll let them do it sometimes. Like they'll go to a burger. We're vegetarians, so they're like they'll go to Burger King. They got an Impossible Whopper. They go to Taco Bell. That shit's not that cheap. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like like I don't know. I've been eating veg vegetarian food for a long time, and I, it's not that expensive. So I, I don't know. It lasts a lot longer too. Like you know, I, I get it. I know what you're thinking because you'll go an apple. You think an apple's not going to fill you up at all? 
You know what I mean? Because you're used to eating large quantities of food. But what you don't realize, there's no nutrition in that shit. You could eat 1,000, 1,500 calories of Taco Bell and you're getting very little micronutrients into your body. You're getting almost no fiber. And so, yeah, it seems cheaper for a giant quantity of food. You don't need a giant quantity of food. You need fiber. You need micronutrients. You know? So it's like once you start eating whole natural foods, you don't need the volume you did. You know? Um, that is an epiphany for me. I don't have to give up chocolate and baked goods. Yeah, of course that's an epiphany. The, the, again, the dieters are all or nothing. And as soon as you go to all, I can never have the thing I want, that triggers all the cravings for it. It makes it way harder. Yeah, eating at home is key too, by the way. You, you can't eat out and lose weight. You can't eat out all the time and lose weight. It's very hard anyways. Uh, you can, but it's a lot harder simply because you don't know. You know, restaurants are in business to sell food. And you know what sells food? Salt, sugar, and fat. So they, 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 a completely different philosophy. They, they, the fat and sugar and salt they put on food, you would never use that much in your cooking at home. And so, you know, yeah, that, that, that is important, I think, to eat at home. I pre prefer some of the better quality stuff. Yeah, better quality stuff's great, you know? Um, yep. Yeah, lots of veggies, eat fewer pieces. That's a good point too. That, that's a good. That's a really good suggestion. That another part of the the Papa John's strategy could be when you do get the pizza, make half of it healthier. You know, I mean, get half of it, put more vegetables on it. You know, and so you start to get used to. Again, it's a transition. So you start getting. I don't know what pizza you get, but if you get the cheese or you get the meat lovers, you know, you get half of it that, and then half of it, lots of vegetables on it. So you start to condition your taste buds to like vegetables. You know, and it's healthier. Um, Sarah says, wow, I never thought about that way. I love hearing that. That's my favorite thing is I, I like to kind of come at things from a different angle for you all. I don't want to tell you the same shit. Again, when you're, y'all know weight loss, folks. You've been trying to lose weight for decades. When you hear the same shit you've heard forever, that's not going to help you. Do you know what I mean? You need to hear something new. That's why I'm always urging you to go watch the training I give you for free. Okay, because it, uh, you may hate it. <laughs> you know, you're like, this guy's full of shit. I had someone write that comment yesterday. You're, you're talking out your ass. You have no idea what you're talking about. Um, you know, weight loss is always hard and this guy's a scam and whatever. Fine. You know what I mean? Maybe you'll feel that way. Then you just unsubscribe. It didn't cost you anything. But <laughs> you may find that the things I'm saying make a lot of sense and that you start feeling the light bulbs go on. That's the feeling you want to chase with your weight loss. You want to start realizing new things and oh, 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 I could do it that, oh. You don't want to go, oh, oh God. Okay, Monday I'm going to start my keto plan. Uh, you, you want to avoid that feeling and go towards the feeling of oh, oh, I, oh, I never realized that. Th that's what you want. <laughs> and I think if you watch that training, you'll get a lot of that. Um, we have lots of good pizza in my town because we have a university, so caters to students. Yeah, sure. I got good pizza in my house now too, but again, I still have strategies with it. So that's a good point. I mean, I have a pizza oven now where I can make a, a the best pizza, I, right on par with the best pizza I've ever had. I can make that pizza for $7 in five minutes and I don't eat it every day. So, so you mean, I don't care like what the, the challenge is. Um, when you're motivated enough, when you have the right strategy, when you think in the right way, you, you can control your eating, okay? I'm not saying you can do it instantly. You know, I, I've been doing this for 30 years, okay? But you can do it, I promise you, you know? Don says, I make my own bean burrito at home for a buck and way healthier. Yeah, for a buck, okay? Yeah, and it's way healthier. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to make, it's not, is it as good? Maybe not. I don't know. Again, ultra processed food, good luck. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you think of ultra processed food as food, and that's a problem. 
You know, because if you're comparing, if you're like, oh, the Taco Bell's bean burrito is way better than the bean burrito I make. If you're just looking at taste, then it's too limited of a point. You know, you know what I mean? Because those foods, I mean, shit. It's like go. I, I've never done cocaine, but it's like go do some cocaine. You probably feel better than you did before you did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go do some drugs. Go. I, I don't know. You know, it's like there's things that'll make you feel better in the short term. But if that's how you're gonna make your decisions in life, good luck. You know what I mean? Again, we got to be adults and look at the big picture. You know, the full picture of things. All of my friends just want to go out, eat, and drink. I've offered to go to Top Golf or bowling instead. NSPP, I get that. It's hard. I will tell you, again, I was so motivated. I, I absolutely changed my friend group when I became healthier. I was a binge drinker. I was out of control of the eating and the lifestyle. And I got so clear in what I want to do. I let, I let almost all of those friends go and made new friends. So this is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. How do you deal with that? I don't know. You know what I mean? There's a lot of ways. You got to figure out what works for you. But again, when you're truly motivated and you want this bad enough, you make it happen no matter what, you know? And so if your friends don't support you, um, you know, or, or, you know, and you can figure out, I can, I can go out now and I can stay in control. It's harder, you know, but you can do that as well. So again, it's about getting clear on what's the best path forward for you. Um, what's up, Lorena? Hello, I've listened to your hypnosis two days and lost almost a kilogram before that. I had a plateau. Super job, Lorena. That's awesome. Take a, bit, a little snapshot of that. Because uh, that's what I'm, I'm trying to tell these people, Lorena. I keep telling these people, go get the hypnosis session I give them, you know. But they don't want to do it. I do this every day, you know. I get, I don't know, 40, 50 people every day on here. And I say, hey, go get the hypnosis. It's free. Go watch the train. It's free. I'll email you every day. It's free. Hey, three, four people do it, you know. It takes a minute, a minute to sign up. You know, the hypnosis session's 10 minutes. The training's 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. What? Good job, Lorena. I love your morning emails. Short and to the point. You see that, everyone? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, they're legit emails. It's not just like, it's not just like me selling you shit. It's, um, it's a literal con. It used to be a program I used to charge for. And I just give it away, you know? So it's like, again, I'm trying, I'm trying to help you out here, right? They say you can lead a horse to water, right? You can't make him drink. I love how better choices saying no makes me feel powerful and in control, depression gone. Yeah, exactly. So you want to stay focused on that. It's usually the choice that, that's where all the pleasure is in the choice. When it comes to healthy stuff, see, like when it comes to unhealthy food, the pleasure is in the eating of the food, right? That, that, that time while you're eating. When it comes to making healthy choices, the pleasure is in the making of the decision. And the consequences of each are totally different. They're two totally different paths. You know, as soon as you make a good choice, you feel a better version of you. You feel better. You feel proud of yourself. And you live in that feeling for a while. And you can reflect back on it and feel great about it. When you eat the food, you get that momentary blip of pleasure. And then there's the consequence of feeling frustrated and discouraged. You know, um, they declined my fun outing offers. Time to find new friends. I mean, and it doesn't have to be new friends. I mean, you might just hang out with them less. And when you hang out with them less, then it becomes easier to control yourself while you're out with them. You know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be this all or nothing thing, but even making a shift of hanging out with them half as much will probably increase your ability to do better when you're with them. And then you're going out half as much. So again, it's not always the all or nothing thing. Um, again, the three hours of weight loss, and you can apply it here. It's not just remove, right? All dieters just want to remove everything. I'm just going to stop eating all the bad stuff. Okay. Maybe you will, but you probably won't. And so there's reduce and replace as well. Okay. And so reduce is cut it, hanging out with them less half as much, you know, and that that's a huge improvement. Um, replacing them, <laughs> replacing what you do while you go out as well. Um, so you, maybe, I don't know what you drink when you go out, but maybe you drink beer. 
Um, you drink a beer, but now you drink a beer and then the next thing's a water I get. You know, then I drink a beer, then I drink a water. You know, so again, you can apply this to what you do as you go out as well. But again, when you get strategic, life becomes a lot easier. All right. Um, I can't believe actually how powerful it is. Everyone, you should try it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, you're so good. Point. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, I believe there's like-minded people. There are like-minded people. Yeah, you got to find them. You know, that, that's just, that's part of the process. Holy shit, I've been going for 90 minutes here. Um, I'm in day three of really being mindful eating and feel super proud of myself motivated to keep going. Yeah, okay, so Sunrise, keep focusing. on Everyone realize that, right? You get to day three of feeling amazing because you're making good decisions, but then day five is going to come and you're going to screw up. Okay, worst case scenario. And um, so what? Who gives a shit? So you made a mistake and you use that mistake to realize and validate, I don't feel good doing this. Do you understand? You you learn more from your mistakes than you do from your successes. And I say this all the time. I know John loves this one. Is that um, the, the most important skill of mastering your weight is the ability to get back on track quickly. Okay. So again, I, I, know, I know dieters always love the streaks. I, I get it. I love streaks. But you can't, the streak can't be the only thing motivating you. We want to use the streaks to gather information and strategies. So you're on day three. What I want you to do, don't worry about the day three piece of it. I want you to focus more on how amazing you feel, right? I feel super proud of myself. Pride is probably the main emotion that has driven me the whole time because I stopped eating at night and then I'd go to bed feeling proud of myself. I'd wake up in the morning. The first thing I, I think how I did the night before, holy shit, I didn't eat. And that was such a big deal to me. I was like, oh my God. And I felt so proud of myself. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. So it wasn't even about the weight loss at first. It was like, holy shit, I can't believe I just changed that. And I really lived in that pride. So that, oh, then I ate one night. I was like, ah, I don't feel as proud of myself. I don't feel as good. I wasn't beating myself up. I was just recognizing I don't feel as proud tonight because I ate. And then I woke up next morning. I don't feel as proud of myself. I like feeling proud. I really like it. And so you, you want, we want to, when we're doing well and we're on a streak, I know you don't want to do this because you get superstitious, but we want to be preparing ourselves. What, what will happen if I make a mistake? And if I make a mistake, I'm going to remind myself how amazing I felt doing this and how easy it was and how proud I felt. And I'll get right back on track, you know, because what a lot of people do is, oh, I got day four. Ah, shit, I blew it. I was doing so good and I felt so amazing. I just blew it all. It was the same story, always, you know, and then we get in that story and, you know, no wonder. Um, there are some great non-alcoholic options these days, most of which have way fewer calories. That is a great point too. Um, yeah, they make, you know, all of them, they got mocktails and, I mean, it's a little hard to be spending seven, eight dollars on a non-alcoholic drink, but you know, if it if you sip it and it's less calories and you you know you're still hanging out with friends and all the rest of it, it's worth it, you know, depending on your situation. But um, yeah, again, because what we're doing is we're keeping all the anchors. You can still go out to the same place, same container, whether you drink beer or drinks or whatever. It's the same. All that, that feels the same. You're sipping something. That's the same. The only difference is no alcohol. And what you can find is that a lot of having a buzz is mental, anyways. You know, and so you might still find you have a, feel like you have a little bit of a buzz if that's what you like. Um, so that's another great strategy as well, you know, to keep in mind. Um, yes, totally. I'm tired of my mistakes. Yeah. And don't be tired of mistakes. You know, learn from them. You know, your mistakes are your greatest teachers. They really are. You'll always learn more from your mistakes than you will from your successes because of the negativity bias we have. So again, we have a negativity bias, but we got to utilize it. And so again, we want to embrace mistakes and learn from them, you know, because they're very, very powerful. Uh, Megan says, I'm on day 33 and I've been so sick the entire time. I have a cough and sore throat won't go away. Um, 
Wait, Megan, you're in the program? You're in program yourself then? Good evening. Are you sticking to your goals? Or are you doing something else? Thank you. I just started January with cutting out. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay. Um, oh, okay. I started with January with cutting out alcohol, drugs, and fast food. Um, yeah, super job, Megan. Um, it's interesting that you have a cough and sore throat and yeah, sick the whole time. There is such a thing as detoxing. I, I really do believe in that, especially when you cut all that shit out. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't be unusual to feel like shit before you feel amazing. So just stick with it and, and expect that you're going to start feeling great. Now I'm cutting out cheese and bread and I've done that for about a week. Yeah, nice job. Slowly cutting things out and so far I haven't budged once. Yeah, nice job, nice job. Yeah, doing it slowly instead of all at once. Super job. Um, Casamara is $5. There you go. Five bucks is a good one. So stick with the Casamara, guys. Um, personally, I don't restrict foods. Other than that, I'm a pescatarian. Yep, doing something else, I just found you. Uh, yeah, great. Well, it sounds like it's working great. Um, I'm good for when, <laughs> you know, like if you're doing great on your diet plan, just skip me. Just do what you're doing, okay? But when all of a sudden if something stops working, I'm your guy, okay? Then I can help you out. Um, was interesting listening. Going to listen to hypnosis now. Bye-bye and see you next time. All right, Lorena, good job. All right, everyone, I got to get out of here. I'm going to lose my voice. I still got more stuff to record today. So, all right, everyone, you know the deal. If you don't, um, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you. It is free, okay? And uh, then I give you a hypno I, I give you a training right after that, three steps to master your weight. You really ought to watch it. Um, and then I email you every day, positive, encouraging stuff. And I got the Spark program coming. That's for free as well. So you got to go and sign in, though. It'll take you about 30 seconds of your life. So, uh, you know, if you're even remotely serious, go do that. Uh, the podcast is Program Yourself Then It is on all of the podcast platforms. So you can listen to it. I do it every weekday. And, um, yeah, they're, they're really good to listen to as well. Put them on the background. If you like it, listen to it and uh, leave a review. That always helps me out. Um, follow me if you don't follow me on TikTok or whatever social media you may find me on. And, um, yeah, have a great weekend, all right? Thank you so much. I see you, Kelly. I want to thank you for all you do. I don't have support at home. You're helping me mentally. I appreciate that. That's why I do this. So that means a lot to me, uh, Kelly. And I'm proud of you for everything you're doing. So you're using the information that always thrills me. So, all right, everyone, thank you so much. Have a super weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.